In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals defeat the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 8-4. to Yes, another decisive win. I know it's not against a team that's doing that well this year, but another great team win. A team tough game out there. Tom Wilson was bringing it. He got in a fight out there, and he was smashing everyone that was in his way. Now we only need a little bit more of that. We'll have complete game breakdown next. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome in to this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And wow, what a game and just what the doctor ordered to get the Capitals out of that losing funk that they were no doubtedly going through in their head as they lost that big game to Toronto just a few nights before. And it was a decisive win out there, wasn't it? Just a game that uh, had Tom Wilson smashing everyone that was in his sight. That is what we love to see in Tom Wilson. And I don't know if he was listening to this podcast. He probably wasn't, but... Uh, I mentioned that in an earlier podcast that that's what they needed was a physical presence out there, some Dale Hunter hockey, some physical presence out there. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And uh, like I said, just bringing that pressure right off the bat. Uh, there were some kind of some cheap shots out there. We'll talk about that in a later part of the show. And even Nick Backstrom was getting involved in the action. But the just the name of the game tonight was the Capitals team was in tune. They were bringing that physical pressure, and they really kind of took advantage of their opportunity against this weak Canadians team. Just to start off the game, it was Vitek Vanacek in net, and I thought, well, that is a good way to start this game. Vitek Vanacek has been playing good this season. Also, they had Dmitry Orlov back in the lineup. If you know, Dmitry Orlov has missed the last few games, and his presence was felt. Uh, he's not just a defenseman. He is an offensive defenseman, and I think the Capitals sorely missed him while he was gone, so it was good to have Dmitry Orlov back in the line uh, in the game. rather. And then the continued kind of tinkering with the lines. I know that uh, Peter Laviolette uh, still, I don't think, is 100% happy with... Um, you know, his lines out there and they had TJ Oshie on the top of, on the top line, at least to start the game. And, uh, you know, like I say, I I just think that he's looking for that magic uh, or maybe he's just looking at line pairings against the Canadians. I'm not entirely sure, but it just seems like they should kind of pick, you know, pick a line pairing and stick with it. Vitek Vanacek was strong early, and uh, he was tested a lot in this game. Um, he made some of those windmill-style saves out there um, because, I mean, even though this is a Canadiens team that is not that good this year, they still did bring the pressure, and we will talk about that uh, as this episode goes along here. But 
You know, uh, one of the my fears when I was watching this game is the Capitals would get stuck into what they call one of those trap games. One of the ones that you go in there and you're like, well, we're playing the Montreal Canadiens. They're one of the worst teams in the NHL this year. We should have no problem with them. But I will say that this Montreal Canadiens team put up a bigger fight. And I know it doesn't necessarily reflect it on the score sheet. But this Montreal Canadiens team put up a bigger fight than it appears. They had some younger players in there from their AHL affiliates. And uh, those guys were looking to make a name for themselves against uh, a Washington Capitals team that, let's face it, is headed for the playoffs. And uh, what better way than to try to make a name for yourself uh, with playing against the likes of uh, Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom, T.J. Oshie, John Carlson, uh, Tom Wilson, etc.? And it just seemed like, uh, you know, they were out there uh, trying to prove some things. And, uh, you know, like I say, give it to, to the Montreal Canadiens. They did put up a pretty good fight. Like I say, it doesn't necessarily show that on the score sheet, but they did play well. And one of the things that's interesting, too, and I got to give credit uh, to the Montreal Canadiens fans, is that that stadium or arena was pretty much uh, look to be sold out. Um, and, you know, that's a Montreal Canadiens team that is not playing that great this year. So for them to still get a decent turnout, that speaks volumes for Canadian hockey. That speaks volumes um, for the Montreal Canadiens in particular. But even if you look all across uh, the uh, Canada, if they're playing in Calgary or they're playing even in smaller cities like Winnipeg, I've been to a few games up in Winnipeg. And let me tell you, that team hasn't been that great for quite a few years, but they still have a great turnout. It's one of the smaller venues uh, in the National Hockey League, but also subsequently one of the loudest. So just it seems like the Canadians know what they're doing when it comes to hockey. What am I talking about? We'll take a look at the Florida Panthers, for example. Even though they're in the going to be in the playoffs, sometimes their um, arena is sparsely filled. Take a look at the Coyotes, for example. They're going to be playing in a, an arena that only holds about 5,000 people. So I don't know why the Canadians uh, teams can figure it out and the American teams cannot. It just seems like they're a hardier group of hockey fans, and they love hockey up in Canada. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I noticed up there. So, and then the game to start it off, uh, start it off here, Dowd gets a goal. It's one to nothing caps on a deflection and uh, Dowd was bringing it out there. He was playing great and he starts it off by getting a goal, one to nothing caps. And then Pitlick gets a goal, but not so fast. It was called off. There was some kicking motion and you could kind of tell just watching the game that uh, he knew that it was a kicking motion there too. So he didn't really fight it or try to dispute it. He knew it was a bad goal. So then just moving forward into the second, Jake Evans, upper left corner, one-to-one tie game. And uh, this is what I'm talking about. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, they kind of started sneaking in a little bit, tie the game one-to-one. Jake Evans, upper left corner. Uh, Montreal is applying the pressure. Vitek Vanacek is standing strong. And uh, that was one of the things that I noticed out there with uh, Vitek Vanacek is uh, he seemed to be really dialed in and playing some great hockey. I know that uh, there has been some inconsistency in net this season, but it's good to get some great play uh, from the net miners that they do have in there. In this uh, case, it's Vitek Vanacek. Ilya Samsonov has been playing uh, pretty good as of late, but uh, Vitek Vanacek definitely has him beat uh, in that category. And then uh, Backstrom gets a penalty for shoving behind the net 
Backstrom was pissed, and you don't see that too often. And so you know whatever was going on out on the ice was a big deal because to see Nick Backstrom, one of the most calm, cool, collected guys out there, start shoving and almost ready to throw down, you know that whatever was being said or done on the ice uh, warranted it because Nick Backstrom, like I say, is an easygoing guy. And, uh, you know, I just, you almost sometimes you wish that they all had microphones on so you could hear what they were saying. I've said that to some people and they're like, no, trust me, you don't want to know what they're saying. Yeah, I kind of do. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I could handle it and I would just want to hear it. I think it would add a whole new dimension to the game. Then Mantha gets a goal. It's two one capitals, um, from a down the ice pass by Dmitry Orlov. So that's what I'm talking about. Dmitry Orlov's presence uh, was already felt in this game, his first game back. And, uh, you know, he is a defensive player by title. But, I mean, I think that Dmitry Orlov, you know, if it, it was called upon, could almost play as a forward. He's just that kind of player. Uh, he has a lot of depth to his game. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. He is one of those true what they call offensive defensemen. And he proved that there. Mantha's goal, thirty another goal, 34 seconds later, Montreal coughs up the puck. So, Anthony Mantha is like one of those players I talked about where people said, where can you draw lines from where the Washington Capitals season turned around? And I've said here for a while, it was the return of Anthony Mantha. Um, and just he's proving it again here tonight by getting two goals. He gets two goals within 34 seconds of each other. And, you know, like I say, it's not against a really great opponent, but nonetheless, they are an NHL team uh, with some big name players on there. So for Mantha to do that, that was great for the Capitals. And he was one of the players, I think, that really kind of turned around the fortune of this Washington Capitals team. Mantha has now recorded 15 points, seven goals, eight assists in his last 18 games. Uh, and then it was... Um, Petrie to Paulini goal three to two caps. So uh, it was just one of those games where there was a lot of scoring on both sides. It just turns out in this case that the Washington Capitals uh, played a little bit better game. They had, they applied more pressure out there and that's what was needed because that, you know, like I say, that Montreal Canadiens team on paper didn't look like uh, they would be much of a team uh, not much to contend with, but as it turned out, uh, they actually uh, had some snarl to the, to their game. All right, after the break here, we are going to continue to break down this game, this great, victorious game that uh, the Washington Capitals played. It was a game that saw a lot of offensive power, and uh, it was one to kind of get them off the schneid and off feeling like that, you know, dejected that they lost that huge game against Toronto. And they need to brush off their shoulders because they are headed out west. And we will talk about that after the break here. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I wanted to see what the hype was about. Now, I've been on it for about a month. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. I personally use it because I have two young babies at home and I could use that extra energy. 
So here's some facts on it. It's health. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. It supports better sleep and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. The importance of a multivitamin, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year supply of vitamin D, which is so important uh, in these winter months as we hit end of the spring here. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So just it's that's what it's about in the beginning of this um, year. I know I, we're into April here, but it's about eating healthy and uh, it's not too late, you know, to just keep eating the right way. I know sometimes it's easy. Like I made a New Year's resolution. I don't need to eat healthy. We'll continue to eat healthy with Athletic Greens. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so continuing to this segment, we are going to talk about the game against Montreal on Saturday. And like I say, it was one of those games that I think that people thought they were just going to be able to kind of just sleep their way through and just really take advantage of this Canadians team. Not necessarily the case. They had brought a physical game, but where did the Capitals benefit? They also brought that big physical game. Tom Wilson was pissed off and he was throwing his weight out around out there. This is what I've been talking about the entire season. You know, everyone talked about before the season started that this Washington Capitals team is a big team. Expect them to be a big physical team. They haven't really been that this year. I know that there's been some fisticuffs and some brush-ups in the corner, but this is not the Washington Capitals team that I think most people expected. I think they thought more Tom Wilson slamming people into the boards. As much as people say they hate Tom Wilson acting that way, that's what they expect out of him. And in some cases, that's what the Washington Capitals need. Now, what they don't need out of Tom Wilson is they don't need him to do draw stupid penalties, do stupid things to get him suspended. We need Tom Wilson out on the ice. As they mentioned uh, in the broadcast tonight, and I have mentioned, there's no other team or there's of the 31 other teams other than the Capitals out there. Everyone would die to have a Tom Wilson on their team. He's truly a four-leaf clover out there that just you can't find anywhere. He's not only is does he have a big frame, he's a great fighter, but he has a great goal-scoring touch with great leadership abilities. That's right. I do see Tom Wilson as being the next captain of the Washington Capitals. I don't really think there's any question about it. 
So whenever Alex Ovechkin plans on hanging up the skates uh, in for the NHL, I heard he might go over to the KHL and play one final season. Anyway, I think that you can expect to see Tom Wilson uh, be your future captain of the Washington Capitals. It only makes sense. Like I say, he's had a great mentor in the form of Alex Ovechkin, and it only seems like a great fit. And that's what I'm talking about in this game. A tough, a tough game, even though uh, Tom Wilson was getting punched in the back. Uh, when he couldn't really defend himself, John Carlson stepped in and saved his butt because let's be honest with you, what kind of chicken fill in the blank is that to punch Tom Wilson in the back when you know that uh, he couldn't defend himself? That is just cheap. And I think that they knew that if if Tom Wilson turned around, he would beat the crap out of this guy. I have to keep it clean. This is a family podcast. So I just think, like I say, I think that was a cheap move on the Canadians' part because, I mean, Tom Wilson was lit up, and I think that there was a lot of chirping going on on the ice because uh, Tom Wilson seemed to be very aggressive out there tonight. And uh, whatever the case may be, that's what I want to see more out of him. But what a chicken move for uh, Montreal to just punch him in the back then. So... I'm just going to keep uh, continue where I left off on the game breakdown here. Tom Wilson, just all that got me all pissed off and worked up here. Mantha has now recorded 15 points, seven goals, eight assists in his last 18 games. So Mantha, it's awesome. A lot of people are excited to come see me play. It was good to see family and friends yesterday and then just happy to put a performance for them tonight. So good for Anthony Mantha that he was actually uh, able to have family and friends there. That's always nice, you know, if you can make it to the NHL just to tell your family, hey, look at me, I'm playing in Montreal, I'm doing this really great job, come watch me play, he's got a sister that's involved in hockey, just a great story all around. So then, Kuzi to Ovi goal, it's 4-2 to two caps, and that is Ovi's 47th goal of the season and number 777, so I do definitely think that... Uh, Alex Ovechkin getting 50 goals is very possible. I would be very surprised if he didn't get 50 goals at this point. We still have a few weeks of hockey left here, uh, a couple weeks anyway, the regular season. So I definitely do think that uh, Alex Ovechkin will reach his goal. And then when I was talking about Wilson bringing that big physical game, I like Anderson did a gutless thing by punching Tom Wilson from behind. And, you know, I just mentioned that, but, you know, just to kind of talk about that again, totally a gutless thing to do by Anderson to punch this guy in his back. Why don't you step up toe to toe to to Tom Wilson and see if if you want to fight him and then, and then be a man enough to fight him. Don't try punching him when his arms were held and his back was to you. Just a totally chicken move. All right, then to start the third pick, Lick gets a goal of uh, his second goal of the night. It's four to three caps. And this was the moment that I thought, you know, here we go. Montreal is cr- uh, creeping back into this game. Are the Capitals going to end up losing this game to the lowly Montreal Canadiens? And, you know, you know, just as a bit of context, I, I don't think that the Montreal Canadiens team is a poor team overall. I just think that for whatever reason, poor coaching, and they lost a bunch of key players, that this current iteration of the team is not very good. Look at the standings. You really can't debate it. Uh, I know that the Montreal Canadiens have a pedigree of doing well, but uh, this is not their year. So then Hathaway gets a goal from the front. It's five to three caps. Dmitry Orloff with a goal from the center. The caps really missed him on ice. This is what I'm talking about. Dmitry Orloff stepping up uh, defensively. He's also stepping up getting assists and also uh, stepping up by getting goals. And Dmitry Orloff, like I say, kind of an unsung hero. 
And from uh, listening to Alan Maytock, one of the tougher guys out on the team, you know, just kind of looking at Dmitry Orloff, I guess he doesn't look like he's that big of a player, but Alan May said that he saw him in the locker room and he has legs like tree trunks. So just a really stacked guy. And uh, Dmitry Orloff brings a big physical game out there. And uh, I think that he does a lot of intangibles, you know, scoring goals, that's noticeable, but just his defensive play uh, is is really what the Caps missed in his absence. Uh, with an assist on the Capitals' seventh goal, Dmitry Orlov earned his fourth point, one goal, three assists of the game, marking a new single-game career high. It also marks Orlov's 34th point of the season, setting a new single-season career high previously, six goals, 27 assists, 33 points in the 16-17 series. So big up on Dmitry Orlov, just really stepping up and playing great hockey. Like I say, the Capitals really missed him uh, out on the ice. And uh, we hope that he can stay healthy because as we make uh, the push for the playoffs, that is what we need. And uh, we'll talk about the playoffs in the conclusion of this game. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs in the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So talking about doing healthy things earlier, I was talking about athletic greens. Another healthy thing you can do is Built Bar. Now, Built Bars are delicious and they're a lot more nutritious than a lot of the other garbage that's out there. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the Puffs too. Real chocolate, 100%. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Ouch! Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so just to wrap up this uh, uh, show here in the final segment here, we are going to talk. We're just going to finish up on the game breakdown and then talk about uh, what's uh, ahead for the Washington Capitals. So then Schultz gets a goal, 7-3. to three. Justin Schultz scores on a power play to extend the Capitals' lead to 7-3. to three. Schultz has recorded four points, one goal, three assists over the last three games. Suzuki blocker side then gets a goal, 7-4. to four. TJ Oshie scores on the power play. 
to make the score eight to four. It marks Oshie's 10th goal of the season and his fourth power play goal. Oshie's 60 power play goals since joining Washington in the 15-16 season is the second most on the team during that span, which was Alex Ovechkin, who had 108. Um, So just a real great performance from this team. And I think that it was just what the doctor ordered because, you know, like I say, after that big loss to Toronto, uh, they lost three to seven uh, just to get that uh, mental boost uh, to play a team that maybe isn't playing that great is what the doctor ordered because next Next week, uh, they play, or this week, excuse me, as I record this, they are going to be playing Colorado, the Vegas Golden Knights, and Arizona, so the Capitals have got to have their A game. Washington scored two power play goals while killing off both Montreal power plays. Since March 1st, the Capitals have converted on 28.8 of their power plays, 19 of 66, and have killed off 86.2 of their penalties, 50 of 58, ranking fourth and third respectively in the NHL. Johan Larson extended his point streak to three games, one goal, three assists, with an assist against Montreal. Larson has recorded five points, one goal, four assists, in seven games with Washington since being acquired on March 21st. So some of those intangibles that you talk about, you know, not always glitzy and glamoury, but uh, Johan Larson doing great things and a good acquisition for the Capitals. Uh, the Capitals improved to 23-8-5 on the road this season. The highest road points percentage, 0.708 in the NHL. So kind of an, an atypical uh, season for the Capitals. Generally, they play better at home, as do most teams play better at home. But home cooking is not what the Washington Capitals are looking for this year. For whatever reason, they are feasting on these road games. And by and large, they are playing well, as you saw tonight. And they will need to continue to do that as they play Colorado on Monday, who is a star-studded team. I know that uh, they're not a very, uh, what shall we say, sexy team. You don't hear a lot of talk about uh, the Avalanche. I mean, I knew that they have McKinnon and some big players out there. But it's just not a team that you hear a whole lot about. But they lead the league in points. So, I mean, and they're first in their division. So you know that they're a good team and the Capitals are going to have to bring it. Then they play the Vegas Golden Knights on Wednesday. And uh, that is going to be a game that's going to be a tough one, like I've talked about before. The, the Vegas Golden Knights, even though a lot of those players aren't on the team anymore, or coaches for that matter, the fan base is the same. And some of the players that remain have not forgot the 28 Stanley Cup Washington Capitals as they defeated them. Um, and I think there's some bad blood in a rivalry that isn't uh, something that's engaged in quite as often as that they are a West Coast team or a Western United States team, shall we say. So, but I do think that that will be a physical game. I know they don't have Ryan Reeves or anything out there anymore, but I still think that it will be a big, it'll be a big physical game out there. And uh, the Capitals are going to have their work cut out for them. So they'll have to be ready for that one. They conclude the trip on Friday as they play the Arizona Coyotes, a team that is kind of looking for an identity. Uh, They play in an arena next year with only 5,000 people. That kind of is a callback to what I was talking about in the beginning of the show. How is it that a team as poor as the Montreal Canadiens can still get fill a huge coliseum that they have in Montreal, even though their team is poor? So I think that you know the NHL needs to do some soul searching. Why are they trying so hard to make hockey in Arizona work? That is the question. What what do they have some you know uh, scandalous pictures of someone or something that they have to keep a team in Arizona? I'm not really sure why they're trying so hard to make hockey work in Arizona. 
It just doesn't, it really baffles my mind. And, you know, they weren't even able to pay the mortgage on their old uh, facility or arena that they played in. It's just like all the writing is on the walls to move on from Arizona. It was an experiment that did not work. And uh, that was another place, uh, you know, that they don't get a real great turnout. So I think that it's going to be kind of demoralizing for NHL players to play. You know, you've played hard your whole life. And then to play in a place that is a college arena, it's for the, what is it, the Sun Devils that are down there. So they're going to be playing in there on pretty much bleacher seats with 5,000 people. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough thing for that Arizona Coyotes team. I don't know if I worked my whole life to uh, get into the NHL, how I would take to that because, you know, like I say, you've worked your whole life to get there, and then just to kind of have that, it's I don't know. There's so many cities out there that uh, would like to have a hockey team. Houston, I hear mentioned quite often. I don't know, you know, would would hockey another hockey team in Texas work? I'm not entirely sure. But uh, I know that the Dallas Stars uh, get a pretty good turnout and their season. Uh, they're playing pretty well and they get a decent turnout of the games I watch. It seems like it's pretty well attended. So Houston um, it is uh, seems to do pretty good, a pretty good job. Also, uh, what is the other one? The Quebec Nordiques. Um, I've heard, you know, that why don't we bring back a team there? But every time I hear that, I'm like, well, why didn't it work the first time? You know, why is it going to work the second time? I hear that quite often, and I'm not really sure why it would work. You know, what are they going to talk about next? We need hockey back in Atlanta. You know, the Thrashers, we miss the Thrashers. I I just, I don't really think that that's the case. There's certain cities around the United States that are kind of surprising to me. Arizona has a hockey team, but let's say a team, a city like Milwaukee, Wisconsin, doesn't have one. It just seems like they have big sports teams there. You look at the Brewers, you look at the Packers. It only seems to fit like a hand in glove that they would have an NHL team. I know they have the Milwaukee Admirals, which is an AHL affiliate of the Predators. But I think that, you know, teams like that, just as an example, I know that if you go way back, they used to have a team in Kansas City. I think that Kansas City would also be a great team. I think there were the Kansas City Scouts, if memory serves. Um, So I think that there are some other cities around the United States that would uh, serve well to have a hockey team. And why Arizona? And why Houston, for that matter, really? I mean, maybe I'm totally wrong with it. But even if you look at Florida, hockey doesn't work that well in Florida. I know it works well in Tampa Bay. They've won quite, they've won, I don't know how many, they've won a few Stanley Cups anyway. And uh, the Florida Panthers are playing well. But that's another, I mean, as of late, it seems like there's more people showing up at the, games, but for a line share of the season, it seemed like that was sparsely uh, attended as well. So I just think that, like I say, this all ties back to my main point that the NHL should do some soul searching and maybe think about relocating some teams that just aren't working. Look at Arizona. All arrows point to move this team. And you know, if anyone from Arizona is listening, hit me up at DanCaps218 and give me the lowdown on why hockey works in Arizona. Because to me, it doesn't make sense you know, I suppose people, and if you were an, wanted to be argumentative, would say, well, why does it work in Vegas? They're both desert climates because it's the gambling mecca. That's what I would tell you why it works out there. And if their team went downhill and they stopped winning games, I would probably say the same thing for them. But anyway, I think that they should kind of move some of these teams around where they're just not working. There's some cities in the, in the uh, NHL where it just doesn't work. And why keep trying to beat a dead horse? All right, this has been Locked On Capitals for today. Once again, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. 
I'm starting to get my voice back a little bit. And that's good because it was kind of hard to be hoarse as I do these podcasts. I muscled through and did it anyway, but it feels so much better. And thanks uh, from the support from all of you that reached out. It's very encouraging. And uh, I, I do love doing these podcasts for you. And uh, I look forward to the playoffs ahead. You can expect a lot more podcasts, maybe even some live ones after the games. I want to get all in on this. Let's get excited about this team. So I'm going to try to do my best on doing that. I have two babies at home uh, under the age of two years old. So sometimes those that can pose some challenges. I work a full-time job and I have two young children and I do this podcast five nights a week. So sometimes it's burning a candle on both ends, but I will persevere because I love doing this podcast. I did podcasting before this. And uh, this has just been a great opportunity, and I'm so thankful to Locked On for this opportunity. Anyway, I don't mean to keep you any longer. This has been Locked On Capitals. I will talk to you guys again tomorrow.